You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Blue Sky Missions. Whether you're an individual seeking to go on a missions trip or a church leader wanting to take your group, Blue Sky can make it happen. Learn more today at blueskymissions.org. You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Welcome into another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz. Thanks for listening. Excited about today's episode. Before we dive into the content, I just want to answer a quick question that's been asked of me on Twitter a few times. People have asked, how do I get a question that I have answered on the podcast? The answer to that is very simple. You can either go to our website, theologyfortherestofus.com. You can fill out the form there, or you can shoot an email directly to heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's heyortiz, H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z, at theologyfortherestofus.com. Send your question there, and I will answer it in an episode. I promise I will answer every question that comes our way. All right, let's dive into today's question. In our previous episode, in episode 17, I answered the question, who is Satan? Where did he come from? Sometimes asked of me. And there's another question that is related to Satan that often gets asked that I didn't answer in the previous podcast that I thought is worthy of its own episode. And the question is, why doesn't God kill Satan? I know very clearly that God could kill Satan. There are some people out there that say like God couldn't kill Satan because of some sort of cosmic territorial rights or God is powerless to take out Satan in it. And that, that is not what I see in scripture. What I see in scripture is God is clearly sovereign over everything. And he does allow for Satan to have some power temporarily in this age, but God is still sovereign over everything. And that means that if God wanted to kill him, he could. God is powerful. And in the blink of an eye with zero effort, he could eradicate Satan if he wants. And we know that he can do that because he promises that he will do it. There will come a day where Satan is eradicated from having any power, where he will be stripped of all his power and then thrown into a lake of fire. That is very clear in scripture. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. But the question then comes up, why doesn't God do that now? Why does God wait? Why is he waiting until Revelation 2010? Why doesn't he just kill him now? Why didn't he kill him yesterday? Because if he killed him yesterday, today I wouldn't have been tempted. Today would have been a better day if Satan was gone. Why is God waiting? That's a really great question. I think it's a fair question to ask. And here's my answer to that. Because it appears to me that the glory of God shines brightest when we honor Christ with our life in spite of the persecution and temptation of the devil. That that God is made to look really good in our lives. That he is honored and worshiped and glorified more when we are faced with the persecution and the attacks of the enemy, when we are faced with his temptations, but yet we still live a life honoring to Christ. There's more glory in that than if we were able to just shoot him in the head, boom, and then he was gone. You know, if God had just eradicated him, which is what I would like, there seems to be the potential for more glory to God if that's not the case. There seems to be a greater potential for the glory of God 
if he's allowed to live and to tempt us and to attack us for a while because it, re- it will cause us to now have to be more dependent on the Holy Spirit. It involves God demonstrating more mercy. It involves God having to give us more grace so that we can say no to his temptations. We need God more because Satan. And so God allows Satan to continue and to live on because it draws us to a point where we need Christ and we can ultimately honor him more. We see this with the life of the Apostle Paul. He writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 that there was a messenger of Satan sent to buffet him or to torment him, but it kept him humble. It kept him in a place where he had to rely on the power of God day in and day out. You see, God had given Paul so much revelation, had spoken to him directly in such a powerful way. He knew so much. His revelation was so much greater than everyone else's that there was a true opportunity for Paul to become incredibly prideful and incredibly arrogant. And God allows for the enemy to come in and attack Paul. But again, God is orchestrating it and God is allowing this to happen. God is orchestrating the, the events surrounding this so that it ultimately is for Paul's good. It keeps Paul very humble. And of course, Satan, because he's not all-knowing, doesn't even realize that he's attacking Paul in a way that's going to help Paul, right? Satan is trying to bring him down and hurt him. And Satan is hoping that this is going to stop the gospel. But ultimately what he does is he helps Paul get to a point where Paul is more useful for the gospel, where he's a greater instrument for the gospel. Satan in turn is helping Paul in a lot of ways without even realizing it. And that's one of the greatest reasons why God doesn't just eradicate him. Satan is attacking to harm us, to hurt us. And he does have real power. But ultimately, God turns that around and always uses it for our good, for our development, and for the advancement of the gospel. See, Satan can't just do whatever he wants. Satan is still under the dominion of God. God is still in control. He is still sovereign. And Satan is kind of on a leash. He can only go so far. And it is God who determines how far he can go. Another example of this is in Luke chapter 13. There's a woman who is tormented by a spirit, presumably an, an evil spirit that is under the charge of Satan. And it causes her to have a, a crooked back for many, many years. It's very painful. And she comes in and Jesus heals her in front of loads of people. And it causes many people to worship God and to realize that Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. It's an awesome picture of what Jesus is coming to planet Earth to do. But ultimately, there was an evil spirit that caused this, that was allowed to do this. And then Jesus comes in and proves that he is God. We see there again another example of Satan being allowed to do something evil, but ultimately God was orchestrating it and using it for others to see how great he is and causing other people to worship God, causing other people to turn to Jesus. So ultimately, why doesn't God just eradicate Satan? Well, because God is using Satan in a profound way to help us be more humble, to enrich our relationships with God and causing us to rely on God more. And he's using Satan and his attacks to step in, to intervene and to prove his power, causing others to worship him. There will come a day where God completely gets rid of Satan and he's no longer an issue. In the meantime, God is orchestrating all of the events of our lives and what the enemy is meaning for evil God is working out for our good. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I sure hope that this boosts your confidence in God's sovereignty and God's incredible grace where he's always looking out for us and always empowering us using every element of our lives for our good, even the attacks of the enemy. 
If you have any questions about this episode or any episode, feel free to shoot us an email at the address that we gave you at the beginning of this episode. Also, a quick reminder, please subscribe, whether you're using iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or whatever podcast catching app you're using. Hit that subscribe button. It helps us out a lot. Our intro and outro theme music has been I'm Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. I love-